Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we are talking about season seven, episode 20, called The Girl with the Dungeons and Dragons Tattoo. And can I just say real quick that I really like this episode? I love this episode. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, and you get, you get Charlie, who's awesome. You get a lot of dick, which, yeah. is, which is fun. <laughs> We're getting a lot of dick in this episode. <laughs> I know. Oh, more no. dick than ever before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, Sam is talking on a cell phone. Uh, there's research covering the wall behind him. Sam says, yeah, I hear you. All right. Well, thanks for looking. Yep. Bye. Sam hangs up and says to Dean, so Nora didn't see any pattern to the dig sites either. Dean says, yeah, because they got nothing in common. Uh, and I got nothing from local lore, 50 miles in every direction of all of them. I mean, it's like they're just old dirt. What's Dick looking for? Dean takes a drink from Bobby's flask. The lights flicker. Sam and Dean both stand up and take guns out of their jeans. <laughs> Bobby appears and they point their guns at him. Their pants guns. <laughs> I, know. I was like, should you keep guns in your pants like that? I don't know. I feel like you might shoot yourself and that's probably not a good idea. I, I mean, they probably have those like holsters that go like inside the lining. Oh yeah. Of your pants, you know, like you attach so. to it. Yeah. But... Otherwise you're going to shoot a butt cheek off. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Or worse. <laughs> or don't worse. put it in the front of your pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to keep them two balls. <laughs> things are happening <laughs> uh, bobby says hey hey go easy idgits sorry for the jump scare dean says so how does this how does this work huh i leave the cap off and you just genie your way out bobby says i wish it were that easy the thing but then bobby flickers and vanishes sam says bobby bobby reappears he says damn it it's hard to stay focused i'm still kind of worn out Dean says, you've been pretty busy for a dead guy. <laughs> Bobby says, all right, listen, I don't know how long before my next go snap. So let's just skip to the skinny. Those numbers I gave you. We get a flashback of uh, Bobby writing 45489 on Sam's hand in the episode Death's Door. And Dean looking at the same numbers on a clipboard in the, in the episode Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> okay. Dean says, the empty lot in Cheeseville. Bobby says, yeah, well, it ain't going to be empty for long. We get a flashback to Bobby looking at Dick's papers and how to win friends and influence monsters. Bobby says, I got a gander at Dick's big plan right before he Lincoln'd me. <laughs> I like that. He Lincoln'd me. <laughs> so we get a flashback to Dick shooting Bobby as Bobby tries to get into the van with Sam and Dean and how to win friends and influence monsters. Bobby says, they're breaking ground. What month is this? Sam says, uh, April. <laughs> Bobby sighs and says, grounds broke. We get a flashback to Dick's employee in the field and Frank and Dean and Frank's trailer from Adventures <laughs> and Babysitting. Almost, you said Frank and Dean and I almost was like, Frank and Beans. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> So um, in the flashback, Frank says, they're surveying. They're getting ready to build something. Dean says, build what? Frank says, exactly what? 
Bobby says they're building as you were yammering. Check it out yourself. It's all right. I mean, you guys missed it because you've been kind of busy uh, killing ghosts the past few days, but Dick is about to get into the soiling grain business. We get a flashback uh, to the meat delivery to the Biggerson's warehouse and how to win friends and influence monsters. Bobby says that side will show you they're building a biotech lab, right? The laptop uh, Sam opens shows GeoThrive's standard plans for an efficient slaughterhouse. Bobby says, biotech my ass. And we get a flashback to the meat delivery truck and one of the caged hyper-aggressive humans who reacted badly to the turducken. Um, <laughs> Bobby says, that sucker is a state-of-the-art slaughterhouse and we're the beef. We get a flashback to Brandon, the waiter who reacted badly to the turducken being led into a cage. Dean says, uh, don't you think that's a little bold, even for Dick? Bobby says, I bet you no one will even notice. Um, we get a flashback to the Biggerson's restaurant. Dean and many of the patrons are eating the turducken sandwiches. Bobby says, because first he's going to dumb us all down with turducken style munchies. And we get a flashback of uh, Sam taking Dean's partially eaten turducken sandwich away from him. Bobby says, make us docile. We get another flashback to gray goo erupting from Dean's turducken sandwich. Gosh, there's a lot of flashbacks here. It's kind of awkward. A lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bobby says, it's in the meat. Dean says, yeah, well, we haven't been to Biggerson since that whole fiasco. Bobby says, Biggerson's? He's bought a list of joints 10 pages long. Dean says, ah. Bobby says, next, he's going to cure us. Sam says, cure us of what? And we get a flashback to Dick and other, and other Leviathans watching a family eat and how to win friends and influence monsters. Bobby says, all the biggies, cancer, AIDS, heart disease. Let's just say they got an affinity for stem cell research. Dean says, the uh, Leviathan real estate MOOCs building that cancer center. And we get a flashback to George and Dean from Out With The Old. George says, it's going to be a research center. Dean says, research for what? Bobby says, they're not hunting anymore. They're engineering the perfect herd. So we get another flashback to Dick and other Leviathans watching the family eat and how to win friends and influence monsters. Okay, was that the same flashback? I think it was. I don't know. I've kind of lost track of the flashbacks. I, th I know. I, I, think, I think I might be done with the flashbacks. Am I? I'm going to say I'm done. There's a lot of them, though. Yeah. Um, Dick says with the very first dose, it starts to work on their DNA, slowing their metabolism, causing weight gain and dampening their emotional range, which makes them perfectly complacent. Bobby says, now we've gone up against plenty. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Bobby says, now we've gone up against plenty, like to eat a few folk in the woods. Mm, okay. He <laughs> says, this, this ain't that. This is about <laughs> knocking us off the top of the food chain. This is about them Levi's living here forever, one percenter style, while we march our dopey fat asses down to the shiny new death camps at every corner. So we cut to a young woman plugging a hard drive into a computer. She drags the external volume icon on her screen across the box that says, drop hard drive here to decrypt and starts typing rapidly. Uh, we cut to Sam's laptop beeping. His email program reads, you have one new message. The top message is from Frank Devereaux and is titled, I'm probably dead. Sam, Sam says, it's, it's an fine, email. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Sam says, it's an email from Frank. Dean says, Frank's alive. Bobby says, that jackass, I was stealing my thunder. 
Sam says, Sam and Dean, if you're reading this, I'm dead or worse. This email was sent because some prince is trying to hack into my hard drive right this second. So unless it's you, you got trouble. So it cut- but what like what would be the worst for him? Like what's what's Frank's worst? You know, I'm dead or worse. Like what does that mean? <laughs> he could be a monster. That would be worse than being dead to him, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay, so we cut back to the woman trying to access the hard drive. Um, we cut back to the boys. I don't know what the point of that was. Sam says, <laughs> um, okay, my drive is full of compromising info. Your new aliases, hangouts, where you stored your car. Dean says, baby? He's like, oh no, I don't care about me. Don't get rid of it. Don't put baby in danger. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sam says, even though he encrypted the crap out of his drive, he says we should assume that someone can hack into it eventually. He did put a tracking device in it. Sam clicks on a link in Frank's email and a hard drive tracker application appears on the laptop screen. Sam says, all right, let's see where Frank's drive is. A box appears on the screen saying that the hard drive is at Richard Roman Enterprises. Dean says, perfect. It's in the middle of the Death Star. And then we get our opening title sequence. It seems like that was a really long like opening before the opening title sequence, but I think yeah. it was all the flashbacks. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So the screen says five hours earlier, we're outside Dick Roman Enterprises. The woman who tried to hack into Frank's hard drive pulls up on a yellow scooter in front of the building. Uh, she takes off her goggles and helmets, puts on headphones and plays Katrina and the waves walking on sunshine as she walks towards the building. Uh, she enters the building and swipes her pass card she walks across the foyer um, in time to the music a security guard's computer screen shows her picture and name which is charlie bradbury and reads access granted Um, charlie swipes her pass card in the elevator and presses the the fourth floor button she looks around smiles and starts to dance enthusiastically um like the cutest person in the world I love Charlie. She's great. (laughs) She's amazing. I I love her. So the elevator arrives at the fourth floor. She composes herself and walks out. Uh, She turns off her music and takes off her headphones as she walks to her desk. Her workspace is decorated with figurines and pictures from Star Wars, Harry Potter, and Wonder Woman. Next to her computer is a Hermione Granger figurine. Uh, try, uh, which is awesome. I love her workspace. I feel I love like that Hermione is like her muse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So Charlie brings up the website for the U.S. Conservatives Keep America Strong and transfers ten thousand from their account to animal lovers and lovers of the planet. A coworker named Harry says comes up and says, "How'd it go last night, Charlie? It's a more. It's more." <laughs> Charlie, (laughs) it's a moral imperative. You let me live vicariously through you. Charlie says, pictures or it didn't happen, right? Then she hands her, uh, she hands Harry her phone. Her computer screen now shows the Animal Lovers website online donations page. A message appears saying that the 10,000 funds transfer is complete. Harry says, you hooked up at a charity benefit? Charlie says, if you can't score at a reproductive rights function, then you simply cannot score. I mean, that's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Everybody that's like, I can do what I want. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't score there. <laughs> nope. You're screwed. <laughs> but not. <laughs> <laughs> but not, yeah. <laughs> Harry says, wait, is that legal? 
Charlie says, we were two consenting adults. Harry looks at Charlie's computer screen and says, no, that. Why do you insist on breaking the law on company property? Charlie says, hmm, faster internet connection here. Harry <laughs> says, oh, well, if Pete finds out, he's going to fire you or get you arrested. Charlie says, teddy bear Pete, please. You know I've been doing this for like a month. I can cover my tracks, Harry. Trust me. Pete calls out, Charlie. Charlie and Harry stand up and look over the cubicle divider at Pete. Pete says, my office now. Harry says, I love you. Charlie says, <laughs> please don't die. <laughs> yeah. Charlie says, I know. So Charlie walks into Pete's office. Dick is there. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. Dick says, Charlie Bradbury? Dick. <laughs> Sit. Charlie looks nervous, which I would too. I know, especially when she was just going, hey, I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing at work. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dick says, Charlie, I've been running things for, well, it feels like since before the dawn of man. Always had a vision, and I'm close to realizing that dream. I don't want to brag, but the world is my dinner plate, and I don't want anything to jeopardize that. Definitely not the actions of one tiny little person. Charlie says, sir, sir, I can fix this. Please, please don't fire me. <laughs> Dick, Dick says, what's she talking about? Pete says, I, uh, Dick says, is this about hacking those super packs? Because that was adorable. Tell me, how does a high school dropout become one of the brightest minds at Roman Inc.? Charlie says, uh, honestly, historically, I've had this problem with, with authority. No <laughs> offense. So I realized the only way to get away with being me was to be as indispensable as possible. Sorry. I mean, that's, that's fair, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Dick says, you're kind of completing me right now, Charlie. You have that spark, that thing that makes humans so special. Not everyone has it, you know. Those people, they can be replaced, but people like you are impossible to copy. Charlie says, copy? Dick says, take the compliment. Dick picks up a hard drive and says, this belonged to one Frank Devereaux. Thought he could bring down the whole company. He was wrong. Let's keep him wrong. It's encrypted. He gives the hard drive to Charlie and says, or whatever you crazy kids say these days. Break it open and bring it to me. Charlie says, yeah, I'm on it. And uh, thank you. Dick says, you're welcome. You have three days or you're fired. Good talk. <laughs> dick is a dick. <laughs> he is, yeah. He says, good talk. And Dick leaves office. Charlie says, is this real life? Pete <laughs> stares at her with his mouth open. Charlie walks past Harry's desk holding up the hard drive and says, Dick Roman gave me an assignment. Harry says, is that good? Charlie says, it means the eye of Sauron is on me. <laughs> Harry says, well, if you need anything, I'll be back in the Shire. <laughs> Charlie plugs in the hard drive and looks at her Hermione figurine. She says, all right, H, it's just you and me now. Charlie drags the external volume icon on her screen across to a box that says, drop hard drive here to decrypt and types quickly. A message appears. It says, uh, log on error, access denied. Charlie types more and gets the same access denied message several times. Then her screen reads, games refers to models, simulations, and games which have tactical and strategic applications. List games, Falcon's Maze, Blackjack, Gin Rummy, Hearts, Bridge, Checkers, Chess, Poker. An electronic voice says, how about, how about a nice game of chess? More games appear on the list of Charlie's screen. Fighter combat, guerrilla engagement, desert warfare, air-to-ground actions, theater-wide tactical warfare, warfare uh, theater-wide biotoxic and chemical warfare, and global thermonuclear war. 
Charlie says, wait a second, seriously? War games? Charlie types Joshua to log on. The screen reads, greeting, Professor. Greetings, Professor Falcon. Charlie smiles and says, <laughs> yeah. Charlie says, should we play a game, bitches? To her Hermione figurine. She says, that was hardly the Chamber of Secrets, right? She mock fist bumps the Hermione figure and says, booyah. <laughs> The computer screen flickers. An electronic voice says, shall we play a game? A systems alert appears on the screen. And Frank's voice says, nice try, zero charisma. Charlie, Charlie sighs and says to the Hermione figurine. And back to square one. When we cut to the boys, Sam says, let's see where Frank's drive is. Sam's laptop shows the location of Frank's hard drive at Richard Roman Enterprises. Dean says, perfect. It's in the middle of the Death Star. All right. Well, off to Chicago. Bobby says, no, wait, boys, you can't just break in. They know your mugs. What if we mailed in the flask? Then I could ghost through the joint. I mean, it's not like Dick can kill me twice. What, you got a better plan? Come on, just because I'm dead doesn't mean I don't know how to do my damn job. Sam says, Bobby, that's Dick's office. Dean says, I think what tra what Sam. <laughs> tram? Yeah. I, tram. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Dean says, I think what Sam is trying to say is what happens if you run into Dick and, you know, go vengeful. You know, it's not something you can just shake off. Bobby says, come on, give me some credit. What? I'm just supposed to ride the pine. Sam says, sorry, Bobby. Sam shuts his laptop and walks away and Dean follows him. So we cut back to Charlie. She's asleep at her desk. Harry comes up and says, did you go home last night? Charlie shakes her head. Harry says, I'll get us some coffee. I assume you want some crack in yours. Charlie <laughs> says, yes, please. Charlie's computer screen is still running through the decryption process. There's a beep and Charlie looks up. The screen reads, access granted. Charlie says, finally. Frank's photo. <laughs> 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 folders appear on the screen. There's March of Dimes, clones, known facts, monsters, Charlie says, who is this D-bag? One of the folders is labeled Richard Roman Enterprises. Charlie says, don't do it. Roman said to bring it right to him. She looks She's at like trying to talk herself out of it. Like, I know I shouldn't. Yep. She <laughs> looks I at I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She looks at the Hermione figurine and says, you're right, H. You're always right. Charlie clicks on the folder labeled Richard Roman Enterprises. There's video footage of the empty field from uh, Adventures in Babysitting, Financial Market Watch article about Richard Roman Enterprises, a drawing of a Leviathan's mouth, other articles and photographs, and handwritten notes are open. Charlie clicks on a handwritten note by Frank. Charlie says, what the frack's a Leviathan? <laughs> <clears throat> I love that she said frack. That's from Battlestar Galactica, and that just made me really happy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't get that reference yeah um frank's voice says the thing to know about leviathan is these monsters are as old as time and strong as all get out sodium borate commonly known as borax decapitation splash them liberally liberally <laughs> liberally <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm struggling it's That's all good fine. okay i'm not gonna do any better on uh, on anything else i'm sure so. yeah i just want to say that i haven't actually had anything to eat yet today <laughs> so that's probably what's going on uh, that could very well be it <laughs> i've had plenty of coffee though <laughs> okay so hungry and like 
jacked up that's yeah yep (laughs) it's a good combination (laughs) okay so splash them liberally (laughs) repeat is the key then put that head in a box these are the superman of monsters but don't use uh from the black hole of purgatory send it to the moon if you can uh they die they can shapeshift they don't die easy take your face your memory the works the top boss is mr dick roman he runs the show Charlie hits a button and shakes her head, then hits another button. Frank's voice says, I cut one, you see black goo. Worth for the looking glass. Blood is black and black is blood. Don't turn your back. Get out of the building. Get out of the country. He sounds so paranoid. I know he is. <laughs> the end is nigh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, I liked him, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Charlie hits a button and all the open documents close. She gets up and looks in Pete's office, which is empty. Harry says, how goes it? He hands Charlie a cup of coffee. Charlie says, pretty sure I spent the last 24 hours hacking into a loony bin. Where's mm-hmm. Pete? Harry says, uh, probably snuck down to the garage for a smoky treat. So we cut to the garage. Pete is walking to his car. He takes a packet of cigarettes from the driver's seat, then turns to find Dick and another man waiting for him. Dick says, how's it going with that drive? Pete says, uh, great. Charlie was here all night. Dick says, you know, that drive is very important to me. I want to, I, I'm going to watch a watch. Okay. I'm going to start that over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to want a watchful eye kept. Pete says, well, I will do just that. Dick says, no, you won't. Bruce Springsteen, Eli Manning, our own little Charlie. You know what they are? Irreplaceable. You're more of a Tim Tebow, Joe Biden type. <laughs> I feel really bad saying that. Well, but <laughs> God. I mean, okay. Dick says, you got no spark in you. In fact, there's nothing in you except Terrell's dinner. And Terrell grabs Pete's arm and takes on Pete's form. Terrell's uh, face transforms into his Leviathan mouth and he lunges at Pete. Blood splatters onto Pete's car. Charlie, who was watching from some distance away, gasps and turns around. So we cut to Charlie's apartment. Uh, She enters and takes a bag from a cupboard and starts to pack. She pauses and looks around, then shakes her head and keeps packing. Her phone rings. Charlie says, hey, Pete, sorry I left without telling you. No, I just wasn't feeling well. It's a lady thing. I'll be in first thing. Yeah. (laughs) I will be in first thing. Gotta go. Cramps. (laughs) I mean, we've all used that excuse before. (laughs) right <laughs> have i used that excuse before i have definitely used that excuse before i don't know if i have oh my you must have never <laughs> you must have never hated your job <laughs> i mean there's been a couple <laughs> mm-hmm. there was but... a couple times that i called in sick where it was a, a guy uh-huh. like pete and i would go into extreme detail about the diarrhea i was having <laughs> oh my God. poor guy <laughs> he didn't sign up for that <laughs> and they'd just be like okay okay go don't come in <laughs> stay like, away I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so charlie looks at a star wars figurine on a shelf the head of the darth vader figurine is moving charlie hurries for the door as she opens it dean slams it shut he says nope excuse you (laughs) yep dean says it's all right i'm not gonna hurt you charlie says get away from me you shapeshifter and she picks (laughs) up a plastic sword sam says look we're not shapeshifters charlie slashes sam with the sword breaking it 
Sam says, geez, like, what's <laughs> wrong with you? God, hit me with a fake sword. <laughs> Dean takes the broken sword away from Charlie and says, look, we're not Leviathans. Okay. You want us to prove it? You know what Borax does to them? Charlie says, yeah. Dean says, Sam, and Sam holds out his hand and Dean pours Borax over it, then pours some over his own hand. He holds out his hand up to show Charlie. And then he says, your turn. Dean gives Charlie the borax and she splashes some on one hand. Dean says, good. He takes back the borax. Charlie says, who the hell are you guys? Then a commercial plays with images of a farm, the Statue of Liberty, the Lincoln Memorial, the Capitol building, a city, a shoreline, a laboratory of workers. <laughs> laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> Is how I say it. <laughs> uh, farmers, a warehouse, a shipping wharf, an office tower, people eating at an outdoor table, two people eating corn on the cob, an American flag, and the Sucrocore logo. The voice on the commercial says, America, a nation of greatness, a nation of hardworking individuals, and rest assured, no one works harder for you than Sucrocore. Here at Sucrocore, your well-being is our number one priority. Sucrocore, eat well, live well. And then we cut back to Charlie's apartment. Uh, Sam and Dean are sitting in the living room. Charlie says, so you're saying you guys are monster hunters. So there are other monster, other monsters? Stop. Never mind. Just shh. Okay. Uh, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. She says, I get how you track the drive straight GPS, but it's still at the office. How did you find me? Sam clears his throat and opens his laptop. He shows Charlie video footage of herself. Charlie says, ah, oh, son of a gun. Jack my webcam. Dean says, welcome to Frank. Charlie says, it's creepy, but I'll give it to him. So you're telling me everything he had on his drive is true. Dean says that and more. Sam says, wait, how long did it take you to crack into Frank's drive? Charlie says, a day or so. Sam says, is there anything you can't hack into? Charlie says, not yet. She's Sam's, like, uh, excuse you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sam says, how about Dick Roman's email? Charlie says, why would I? Oh, he's one of them. Sam says, no, uh, he's their leader. <laughs> Charlie says, so what's the end game? Steal our resources, make us some slaves? Dean says, planet-wide value mail. We're the meat. Charlie says, you can't be serious. Okay, all right, let's do this. What am I looking for? Charlie sits down at the table and opens her laptop. The desktop background is Arwen from Lord of the Rings. Yay! <laughs> I know. Dean says, well, for starters, uh, anything about archaeological dig sites? Charlie says, like Indiana Jones stuff? Dean says, all we know is that Dick has been digging all over the world, and we need to know what he's looking for. Charlie says, you know, I was having a really good week. I met someone, downloaded the new Robin album. Everything was coming up me. Oh, crap. She's like, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> Sam says, look, we get it. Sucks. Charlie says, no, not that. This. Dick's email isn't on the company server. It's on a private one in his office. Dean says, meaning? Charlie says, can't get into it unless you have his phone or you're at his desk. Dean says, so you're saying that if we're inside Dick's office, then we can hack into his email. Charlie says, you can't. Only someone like, but I sure as hell ain't doing it. Yeah. I'm doing, <laughs> yeah, I am doing my job. And uh, what are the chances I see everything on that drive? And Dick lets me live anyway. Sam says, I think you know. Charlie says, so I erase the drive first, protect me and you, then go back to my old life, right? What? Dean says, it's not that easy. You're on Dick's radar, which means you don't have an old life anymore. 
Charlie says, I'm going to die. I should have taken that job at Google. (laughs) (laughs) Sam says, look, Charlie, it's okay if you can't do it. I mean, you didn't volunteer for this. Charlie says, totally, exactly. But now I volunteer. Sam says, what? Charlie says, I got to go back in anyways. I got to go back in anyways to wipe Frank's drive. Might as well break into Dick's office too. Sam says, are you sure? Charlie says, no, but these things are going to eat everyone I know. What kind of douchebag stands by for that? However, I've never broken into anything in real life before. So plan? Dean says, you got a Bluetooth? Charlie says, yeah. So Dean and Sam sit by the table with Charlie. And Dean says, security system. Can you get into that? Charlie says, I can reroute any surveillance camera we need. Dean says, all right, let's start with that. Bobby is watching them. Sam says, do you have a key card to get into the building? Charlie says, "Uh, yeah, I can't duplicate it, but I can make a fake backing. So that, and then we cut to outside of Dick Roman Enterprises. A black van is parked outside. Uh, Dean joins Sam inside the van. Dean says, how's it going? Sam says, great, since she set this all up. Uh, Look, Sam uses Charlie's laptop to show Dean security footage. Sam says, see this? I can put each camera on a pre-recorded loop. Once I do that, she'll have 15 minutes. Dean says, 15 minutes ain't a lot of time. Sam says, no. She said if I, if the, she said if it took longer to hack his desktop, then she deserves to be eaten. <laughs> She's like, this would be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Dean says, I like her. <laughs> the security footage shows Charlie standing outside the building. Dean says, wait, is that son of a bitch? Sam says, what? Dean says, look at her bag. A close-up of Charlie's bag shows Bobby's flask in the side pocket. Sam says, Bobby, wait, you think he, uh, Dean says, hitched a ride after we told him to cool his jet? (laughs) (laughs) Hitched a ride after we told him to cool his jets? Yeah, what the hell is he thinking? Sam says, he's not. So what do we do? Call the whole thing off? Dean says, we only got one shot at this. So we cut to Charlie. Uh, She's outside the building looking nervous. She says, I used to think maybe you love me. (laughs) And then Dean says, Charlie, it's Dean. Are you singing? Charlie says, I sing when I'm nervous. Don't judge me. me (laughs) Yeah. Dean says, judgment free zone. Listen, uh, check the side pocket of your bag. Charlie says, oh, thank you. And she takes a drink from the flask. She says, "Mm, good idea. Dean says, yeah, no problem. Look, that's a kind of a family heirloom. It's a good luck charm. Okay. So don't lose it. Charlie says, copy that. Okay. Let's do this. But Charlie doesn't move. Dean says, uh, Charlie, Charlie says, I'm having a hard time moving. (laughs) I can't, I'm frozen in fear. (laughs) Yeah. Just so we all know. That's that's what's happening right now. I'm frozen in fear. (laughs) Yep. Dean says, you can do this. Charlie says, uh, I'm not, I'm not a spy. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. Sam takes the from the phone from Dean and says, Charlie, hey, it's Sam. Charlie says, I'm sorry, Sam. I'm sorry. I just, Sam says, it's okay. Uh, listen, who's your favorite Harry Potter character? Charlie says, uh, Hermione. (laughs) (laughs) Sam says, Hermione. Well, all right. Did Hermione run when Sirius Black was in trouble or when Voldemort attacked Hogwarts? Dean says, seriously? Sam says, shut up. Charlie says, no, of course not. Sam says, what did she do? Charlie says, she kicked ass. She actually saves Harry in practically every book. And then she ends up with the wrong, 
<laughs> I never. <laughs> and she was gonna say the wrong guy, huh? Right yeah, there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Huh. I think that. I mean most people in harry potter at least i know for me anyways and i've talked to other people too that like she should have ended up with harry not ron (laughs) i i like her and ron i would i would have liked her yeah i would have liked her and harry too i think either way it would have been fine with me yeah yeah so i can see um i can see how people want her to be with harry though yeah but i like what i wanted at the beginning but yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) sam says uh stay on track okay so she kicked ass right so then what are you gonna do charlie says i'm gonna kick it in the ass (laughs) sam says good girl dean says oh you go dumbledore (laughs) but here's the thing is that they never once mentioned dumbledore so he clearly has to know he knows what they're talking about yep (laughs) yep so Charlie enters the building and walks, walks past a security guard. Her picture comes up on the security guard's computer screen. Charlie enters the elevator and swipes her pass and hits the button for level four. We cut back to the boys. Uh, Sam and Dean are watching this through the security footage. Cut back to Charlie. She's still riding that elevator. <laughs> I don't Just know why. Riding away. <laughs> Ride that elevator. <laughs> uh, then she gets off on... Um, on level four she gets off (laughs) (laughs) inside the van sam hits a button on the laptop so the footage of the elevator of the empty elevator will play on a loop um inside dick enterprises the security guard in the foyer looks at the security footage the shot of the elevator flickers and he taps the screen charlie gets back into the elevator takes the strip off her security pass puts it onto another one or another pass that she's wearing and hits the button for a level 11. The security guard sits back content with the footage. Charlie rides up in the elevator. Charlie says, I'm in. I've always wanted to say that. (laughs) Dean says, you're on the clock. Move. Bobby is riding in the elevator with Charlie. Charlie gets off on the 11th floor. She flattens herself behind a wall when she sees a security guard. Charlie says, hey, there's a big ass security guard up here blocking the door. What do I do? Dean says, just wait him out. The security guard sits down and starts reading a magazine. Charlie says, he's not going anywhere. Dean says, okay, uh, you work there every day. Do you know the guy? Charlie says, I guess. I mean, I've seen him. I've never talked to him. Dean says, okay, when you've seen him, does he look at you? Or does he, <laughs> or does he just kind of slide his eyes by? Charlie says, um, eye contact? I don't know. He always kind of smiles a bit. I don't really... Dean says, good. What you're going to do is you're going to walk right up to him and you're going to flirt your way past. Charlie says, I can't. He's not my type. Dean says, you're going to have to play through that. Charlie says, as in he's not a girl. (laughs) They're like, oh, that could be tricky. (laughs) Yeah. Dean says, oh, oh, pretend he has boobs. Charlie says, worse. (laughs) Not better. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Dean says, well, I don't know. Um, Do you have any tattoos? Give him a little sneak peek. All tattoos are sexy. Charlie says, mine is Princess Leia in a slave bikini straddling a 20-sided die. (laughs) I was drunk. It was (laughs) Comic-Con. Dean says, we've all... Clearly, you should understand this. Dean says, we've all been there. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to walk you through this. Charlie takes a deep breath and walks into the room with the security guard. Dean says, start with a smile. 
So Charlie puts on a large smile. <laughs> Dean says, relax, Charlie. You just got home and Scarlett Johansson's waiting for you. <laughs> She's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, Charlie smiles more naturally and makes a pleased sound. <laughs> the security guard stands up as Charlie approaches. He says, can I help you, miss? Charlie says, hey. She reads his name tag and says, Bill. She holds up her ID card and says, Charlie, from IT. Bill says, oh, burning the midnight oil, huh? Charlie says, just like you. I mean, <laughs> when you're not in the gym. What do you work out with all your free time? It's so bad, but she's trying. She's doing it. It's working. Bill, Bill says, I try to get into the gym at least three days a week. Um, just trying to get back to my fighting weight, you know? Fighting Dean, weight. Dean says, it shows. You look amazing. Charlie says, it shows. You look amazing. Dean says to Sam, this never happened. <laughs> to Charlie, he says, do you ever do anything else with your free time? Like take a girl out for a drink? Charlie says, do you do anything else with your free time? Like take a girl out for a drink? Dean says, stop laughing, Sammy. Charlie says, stop laughing, Sammy. Um, <laughs> you don't know that bar? Stop laughing, Sammy. Uh, that place is bringing sexy back which is easy <laughs> dean says stop talking charlie charlie says because they kept the receipt uh stop talking charlie right so uh <laughs> you were saying about going out and she plays with her hair and says drinks bill says um yeah yeah that'd be great charlie says cool pencil that in hey can i ask you for a favor the ladies room downstairs is nasty can I use the exec washroom to powder my nose? Bill says, yeah, yeah, why not? Um, it's right down the hall. It's the first door on the right. Charlie smiles and winks at Bill. After she walks away, Bill covers his mouth with his hands to check his breath. <laughs> He's like, hmm. <laughs> yep. Charlie walks past the ladies' room and says, I feel dirty. Dean says, <laughs> She's like, ew, 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 yeah. ew. <laughs> Dean says, you and me both, sister. <laughs> Charlie says, the eagle is landing, going radio silent. Dean says, let us know when you're out. Sam says, so guess we just wait? Dean says, yeah. Charlie puts on gloves and sits down at Dick Roman's desk. She plugs in a thumb drive and runs a password generator. Charlie says, your password is winning with two eyes? Ew. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> yeah, I know. Shocking. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Charlie starts to copy Dick's files. Um, Bill, the security guard, looks at his watch and then gets up. Charlie's file transfer is up to 20%. Uh, in the van, Sam is filling jars with power clean. Dean watches the security footage. Um, back inside, Bill knocks on the door of the ladies' room while Bobby watches. Bobby says, okay, let's Yoda this. And the door to Dick's office closes and locks. Bill and Charlie both look towards the sound. Like, um... <laughs> no, what was that? that? <laughs> yeah so bill tries to open the door to dick's office charlie's download is up to 65 percent bill uses his key to unlock the door and charlie's download is up to 70 percent when he goes in the office is empty uh, bill is about to leave the office when he notices charlie's bag on dick's desk bill walks towards the desk as charlie comes out of another room wiping her hands on her clothes charlie says hey you bill says what are you doing in here charlie says you said the first door on the left right Charlie walks over to stand between Bill and Dick's computer. Bill says, no, I said first door on the right. Charlie says, oh, silly me. I'm always forgetting things. Do you know what else I forgot to do? 
Charlie picks up a pen from the desk. Her file download progress me- uh, message, which is reflected in the window, reads 93%. Charlie says, give you my phone number. <laughs> Charlie takes Bill's hand to write the number on it. Bill says, uh, we really shouldn't be in here. Mr. Roman doesn't like people in his office. Charlie says, I'm sure. Have you seen his bathroom? charlie puts the pen back on the desk the file download message now reads 100 she grabs her thumb drive from the computer she says gotta go call me uh back in the van dean says well this is awesome sam is still filling jars with power clean dean says you know what new plan from now on we just stay in the van and send the 90 pound girl in (laughs) sam says dean every chomper on earth knows our face how many uh, do you think you're in that building? We wouldn't make it past the lobby. Dean says, yeah, I know. Doesn't mean I got to be happy about sending in freaking Veronica Mars. I, don't, I didn't get that. What's, I, I, I know, you don't know there's a show called Veronica Mars, but I've never seen it. It just is a reference to another very small girl. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Sam says, she'll be fine or we'll go in. Dean says, and get as far as we can. Damn right. So we cut back to Charlie. She plugs the thumb drive into her computer and takes another drink from Bobby's flask. Then she starts to transfer the contents of the thumb drive to... <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> That's okay. Bless you. Uh, to a Wi-Fi IP address. Charlie says, hey guys. Dean says, hey. Charlie says, sending you all the flag dig files now. Sam says, Charlie, you are a genius. Charlie says, I know. It's a problem. A door opens and Pete enters. Charlie says, damn it. Hey, Pete, guess we're both on deadline, huh? Pete says, how's it going? Charlie says, good, good. I'll give you a full progress report in a few hours. Pete says, great. Hit that deadline, right? He reaches out to squeeze Charlie's arm and says, we'll holler if you need anything. Charlie says, hey, guys, you still there? Dean says, yeah, what the hell is that? Charlie says, oh, just my manager, the monster. (laughs) Dean says, yeah. Dean says, leave. Charlie says, I can't. I got to act normal. I told him I was working. Let's just finish this. Charlie opens a number of Dick Roman's emails concerning a package leaving Iran and the halting of the digs. Charlie says, are you seeing this? Sam says, it looks like Dick stopped digging days ago. (laughs) 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 Sometimes a sentence just gets me. (laughs) (laughs) Charlie says, why? Dean says, guess he found what he was looking for. Can you check? Charlie says, way ahead of you. Uh, looking at travel reports, expenses. Here we go. Something in his suitcase left Iran last week. Spent the last 72 hours in armored cars and private planes. Whatever it is, it's coming here for Dick tonight. So what the hell is it? Dean says, I don't know. Whatever it is, he wants it bad, which means we got to grab it. End of story. Charlie says, well, it's landing at a private airport near here crap right about now a courier is set to pick it up dean says what's the exact landing time charlie says 42 minutes can you make it sam looks at the richard roman empires or enterprises and downey airport (laughs) i know same thing (laughs) yep uh and downey airport on an online map dean says we can try uh all right charlie one more favor and then get to get the hell out of there so i cut to dick talking on his cell phone He says, outstanding, and you'll call as soon as the package is in hand, right? So we cut to the airport. A Leviathan is waiting outside the cargo depot. The Leviathan says, absolutely, I'm here waiting. In fact, I've got time for a light snack. 
So we cut back to Charlie. She removes the thumb drive from her computer. She gets up to leave and then gasps. Dick is standing right in front of her. He says, hey, Charlie, I was hoping I'd find you here. <clears throat> we cut back to the airport. The plane lands. A suitcase slides up along the ground as one of the pilots pick it up. A baggage handler pulls the cart full of suitcases and uh, almost runs into the Leviathan, who is standing near the plane. The, Levi <laughs> the Leviathan says, hey. The baggage handler says, sorry. The Leviathan says, watch it. <laughs> baggage handler just reminds me of ball washer. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the baggage handler <laughs> puts a puts a blue case on the ground. The Leviathan points to it and looks at the pilots, then nods and picks up the case. He shakes hands with the pilots. Um, the Leviathan leaves the airport and gets into a waiting black vehicle, which then drives away. Sam and Dean are standing next to the open trunk of their car. Sam says, now what? The Leviathan carries the case into Dick's office. Dick says, I've been looking for this for a very long time. The Leviathan opens the case. Inside is a bottle of power clean hooked up to a bomb. Dick says, now who could have done that? The bomb ticks and goes off. So they cut to Charlie at her desk. Uh, she says, a courier is set to pick it up. Dean says, what's the exact landing time? Charlie says, 42 minutes. Can you make it? Dean says, we can try. Uh, all right, Charlie, one more favor and then get the hell out of there. Charlie says, what do you need? Dean says, more time. Charlie says, then let's get you some. Charlie types an email to Dick from the travel department. The travel department. Charlie says, um, travel department's emailing Dick. Suitcase is still en route, but diverted by weather and will be 30 minutes late. She stands up and looks around the office and says, I'll finish mopping you guys off the drive and get the hell out of Dodge. <clears throat> Dean says, call us when you're clear. Charlie says, text you from the border, bro. So we cut to the airport. A suitcase slides along the ground and one of the pilots pick it up. A baggage handler pulls a cart full of suitcases, uh, almost runs into the Leviathan who is standing near the plane. The, Levi the Leviathan says, hey, the baggage handler says, sorry. The Leviathan says, watch it. The baggage handler puts a blue case on the ground. This time we see a close up of his face. It's Sam. The scene repeats again. The Leviathan says, hey, Sam crouching down. Uh, and hiding his face, takes a gray case from the plane. The Leviathan says, watch it. Sam takes a blue case from the baggage cart and puts it on the ground and puts the gray case on the baggage cart. <clears throat> the Leviathan picks up the blue case. Sam takes the gray case off the baggage cart and walks away with it. He's joined by Dean. That was all very convoluted. Kind of was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So back inside... Uh, Dick's office. <laughs> Charlie removes the thumb drive from her computer. She gets up to leave and then gasps. Dick is standing behind her desk. Dick says, hey, Charlie, I was hoping I'd find you here. Charlie says, um, hey, Mr. Roman. Dick says, please, Dick. Pete walks up. Uh, Dick says, Pete, we're good here. Why don't you go grab a bite? So Pete leaves. Dick says, show me what you found. So we cut to the boys at the airport. Uh, they're standing next to the open trunk of their car. Sam says, so now what? Dean says, see what we've won. Dean opens the gray case. Inside is something wrapped in cloth, which Dean unwraps. Sam says, did we just steal a hunk of red clay? 
Dean says, well, the answer's not no. <laughs> yeah. Dean says, that's a good question. Why don't we answer that a few thousand miles away from here, though? Now, where is Charlie? So cut back to Charlie. Her phone rings. She looks at it, but doesn't answer. Dick is standing over her as she sits at her desk. Dick says, so there's nothing about my company? Charlie shakes her head. Dick says, ah, how about a Sam or a Dean? Charlie says, I'm sorry, who? Dick says, Sam and Dean Winchester. Give it a little peek, would you? Charlie searches for Sam, Dean, and Winchester. Bobby is standing behind Dick. Bobby says, Dick Roman, come on. The girl's right there. Worry about her. Dick says, is it me or did it just drop 10 degrees in here? Charlie says, it's a bit nippy, yeah. Dick says, I'll have maintenance. Check the AC. I can't have you cold now, can I? <laughs> Bobby says, you miserable. Damn it, Bobby. Come on. Uh, no results found flashes up on Charlie's screen. Charlie says, nothing about those Winchesters. Dick says, if items were deleted from the drive, would you be able to tell? Charlie says, not if they were deleted properly. Dick says, well, they're crafty. Have all the data sent to me. Charlie says, of course. Dick says, so really, how do you do it? Charlie says, uh, do what? He's like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Dick says, you broke the unbreakable. What's the thought process? Walk me through it and ixnay on the jargon. Charlie says, um, nothing's unbreakable, really. Nothing's safe if you poke at it long enough. Dick says, nothing's safe. I like that. But that isn't what I'm asking, Charlie. Your spark. It's one in a million. Believe me. But when you got it, you invent guns and iPads and viruses. And holy crap, you can be crafty. What is that, Charlie? Charlie says, um... Dick says, because I can feed every fact in your brain to someone else and they still wouldn't be able to be you. Charlie says, I guess you can't clone me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please don't eat me, though. <laughs> Dick says, don't think that doesn't piss me off. He's like, the, like, oh, he he's the one that acts like he's all nice, but like really makes you uncomfortable all the time you yeah know? Like, oh totally it's like i'm not gonna let you know that there's anything wrong with me but i'm just gonna make you really uncomfortable you know it's mm -hmm. like, that's the worst kind yep um dick's phone rings and he answers it he says yes fantastic bring it up to my office i'll be right there he hangs up and says i think we're onto something here stay here will you i'll be back in two shakes charlie grabs her bag and rushes to the stairs uh, we cut to the Leviathan carrying the case into Dick's office. The Leviathan opens the case. Inside is a bottle of power clean hooked up to a bomb. The bomb ticks and goes off. And then we cut to Charlie sprinting for the door of the building. We see the Leviathan lying on the ground with a burned face. Dick takes out a handkerchief and uses it to pick up the receiver of the telephone on the desk. His face is also burned. Dick says, nothing is safe, apparently. Lock the building down now. So Charlie is running for the doors. She reaches them and finds them locked. Dick, whose face has healed, is riding down in the elevator. Bobby puts his hands against the doors. Uh, Dick and Pete continue down in the elevator. The glass of the doors shatter around Bobby's hand but stay in place. Dick and Pete reach the ground floor, and Pete heads for Charlie. He says, hold it there, Charlie. Bobby shoves Pete, who crashes into Charlie, knocking her into a pillar and then onto the ground. Um, Ow! Yeah, I mean, I get the intention, but like, dude, pay like pay attention. A little bit more like accuracy would be nice, you know. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
So Bobby pushes Dick, Roman, into a cabinet. Charlie lies on the floor, holding her arm and groaning. Sam and Dean crash through the glass doors. The security guard from the foyer approaches. Charlie says, Dean, he's one of them. And Dean tosses Borax onto Pete. Pete yells and smoke rises from his face. Sam punches the security guard. Pete continues to sizzle and scream. (laughs) 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 Sam picks up Charlie. Oh, that was so adorable, actually. I know. (laughs) I loved that. Um, Dick says, that would explain it. You're hanging with the wrong crowd, kiddo. Dick approaches as Sam and Dean move towards the door. Bobby appears in front of Dick and says, not so fast, Dick. Bobby shoves Dick hard. (laughs) He... (laughs) Dick flies through the air into a large display of a picture of Roman Enterprises. Uh, And then he falls to the ground. Dean and Sam watch as Bobby flickers, then reappears and looks back at them before disappearing again. Dick growls and sits up. He says, all right, enough. Show yourself. Let's do this like real monsters. Dick tries to get up, but he's shoved back down. He says, how you got to do that again? That tickled. Sam says, Dean. trying to antagonize him. (laughs) Yep. Sam says, Dean, come on, come on. Sam carrying Charlie and Dean leave the building. Dick stands up. Uh, We cut to inside the car. Dean is driving. Sam is in the passenger seat and Charlie's in the back seat. Dean says, Charlie, talk to us. Are you okay? Charlie says, no. Why didn't you kill him? Sam says, because we can't yet, but we will. Charlie says, the really evil ones always need a special sword. Okay, I'm going to pass out now. (laughs) She's like, yep, I'm done. I'm gone. Sorry. Uh, Bobby is now also visible in the back seat. So we cut back to Dick. He walks into his office, talking angrily on his cell phone. The Leviathan who picked up the case is getting to his feet. Dick says, because they have it. Now get it back before they figure the damn thing out. Dick tosses his phone down. The Leviathan's face is now healed. He says, please, sir, don't bib me. Dick says, bib you? Why would I waste a perfectly good meal? <laughs> Dick puts yeah. Dick puts his hands on the Leviathan's shoulders. His face transforms into his Leviathan mouth, and he goes for the Leviathan's head. So we cut back to uh, or we cut to a bus terminal. It's daytime. A man entering the terminal holds the door open for Charlie, Dean, and Sam, who are coming out. Charlie's arm is in a sling. Charlie says, "Thank you." Dean says, "Thanks." Charlie says, I left your dumb flask on the back seat, by the way. Worst good luck charm ever. She's like, it does not work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dean hands Charlie her bag. He says, here you go. Charlie says, thanks. Sam says, so listen, uh, we can't thank you enough. Charlie says, actually, you can. Never contact me again. Like, ever. Deal? Charlie- Never is too soon. <laughs> yeah. Charlie holds out her hand and Sam shakes it. Sam says, deal. Charlie shakes hands with Dean. Dean says, keep your head down out there, okay? Charlie says, this isn't the first time I've disappeared. You think my name is really Charlie Bradbury? Please. So good luck saving the world. She raises a hand in a Vulcan salute and says, peace out, bitches. (laughs) I love her. (laughs) I know, me too. Charlie hands her bag to the bus driver to stow and says, thanks a lot. Dean says, she's kind of like the little sister I never wanted. (laughs) Sam says, God, anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Sam says, we got to talk. So they start to walk. Dean says, what do you mean? Before we get back to the car and that flask? Sam says, exactly. So what the hell happened back in the lobby, Dean? Dean says, man, if I had a free shot, I'd have bitch left the hell out of dick. Sam says, yeah, but I mean, Charlie got her freaking arm broken. Dean says, he didn't mean to do it. Sam says, exactly. He's not in control. Not about dick. That was vengeful spirit crap. 
Dean says, I know, but it's still Bobby. Sam says, but if he really goes there, he won't be anymore. And then we won't be able to pull him back. And then what are we supposed to do? Dean says, I know. Look, let's just figure out what the thing we stole is and then figure out what the hell to do with Bobby. Dean raises his eyebrows at Sam, then walks off. After a moment, Sam follows. And credits. Okay, so I... (laughs) One of my thoughts from this episode is that there's a bunch of weird commercial breaks. Oh, I didn't really pick up on that. Like, it's weird. They're just like, oh, sucrocore or whatever. And like, okay, I get like, I get it. But why are they like, I I just never really understood like why they're (laughs) like basically showing commercials in the middle of the episode. And yeah, it's commercials about something to do with the episode. Mm-hmm. but it's just like they'll be it seems like they're almost like in the middle of something and they're like sucrocore and you're just like what you know <laughs> was there another one besides sucrocore there was, uh, there was a sorry we did this episode like the first part of this episode so long ago <laughs> that we're we're a little rusty on the content <laughs> <laughs> it's okay so there was a couple of them I don't totally remember like I know one was okay. sucrocore. They might have both been sucrocore or something, or like I don't know. It just seemed like there was a lot of like content that didn't really have to do with the episode that was just like thrown in there for like a filler almost. You know, it was kind of weird. Yeah. It was like okay, so like you're just showing us a random commercial. Yeah, that is weird. Like, okay, you know, like I don't know. I just it kind of threw me off a little bit. So mm-hmm. anyway. Um, and I, I kind of love how like immediately Charlie is just like, Hey, well, I hate this, but I'm in, you know, Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I don't know what's happening, but I know something weird is happening. So like, let's take this thing down. And it was just like, Whoa. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. I love Charlie. She's most, amazing. Yeah. Charlie's great. It just, it was kind of funny to me. Like most people in the episode are just like, what no even when you've got something like right in front of them it's like clearly yes (laughs) yeah she's just like okay let's go (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay you know (laughs) I don't uh, okay (laughs) um so what was your favorite moment from this episode Oh, my favorite moment was when um, Charlie had to um, seduce that security guard <laughs> and yeah. she clearly had no idea what she was doing, but Dean was in her ear, like talking her through it, like literally telling her what to say. Uh-huh. And Sam was like laughing at him and Dean was like, <laughs> we're never speaking of this again. <laughs> so, I love that whole bit. I thought that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite moment? So... That was my favorite moment too, but I did like also a couple of the quotes that she had was like, if you can't score at a reproductive rights function, then you simply cannot score. You know, like she's just so like not full of herself, but just so confident and like, um, duh, you know, yeah. <laughs> why can't you do that? And then at the end where she's like, peace out bitches. It's yeah. Like one of my favorite Charlie quotes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> So the interesting facts from this episode, um, they just disappeared on me. So that's fun. Um, (laughs) So it says the episode title is a play on the book, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo by Stieg, I'm guessing, Larson. Um, 
It's the first book in the series revolving around a strong female lead with amazing hacker abilities, which ties Charlie into the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, when Charlie is coming in for work and walks through the building, she's listening and dancing to Walking on Sunshine by T- Katrina and the Waves. Um, this scene is an homage to the scene from The Secret of My Success from 1987, where Brantley Foster, who is Michael J. Fox, is walking through his workplace building with the same song playing in the background. Oh, okay. Yeah. It says, when Harry says, I love you, Charlie replies, I know. <laughs> That's what Han Solo said to Princess Leia after she told him that, uh, yeah, after she told him that she loved him in Star Wars episode four, The Empire Strikes Back from 1980, mm-hmm. um, which I vaguely remember. I've seen all the Star Wars m- movies, like at least, well, not all of them more than once, but some of them more than once. <laughs> my yeah. dad is like a star wars like junkie i swear it's ridiculous sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> he was yeah, literally like too. this dude's like six foot four and looks like mr queen and was like shaking in excitement about when the new star <laughs> wars i mean literally we're standing in line and he's just like jittering and the guy doesn't like i mean he's pretty just like oh whatever about most things but he was like literally just like shivering in line waiting for his like chihuahua <laughs> <laughs> Just like, why is it happening? That's really cute. (laughs) He was really excited about it. We had to get there. Oh my gosh. Let me just tell you this whole story here real quick. So (laughs) when episode, I think it was seven came out, there was that whole, you know, because there was a long break in the um, different, uh, I don't know what it's all part of the same series but they're they come out in chunks of three right so it's yeah. like this last chunk of three that came out he like it had been so long he's he knew that they were on sale and like was like waiting on the computer for when they went on sale so he could like buy tickets to the first <laughs> show you know? and he was like i just nobody bothered me and it's just like <laughs> okay and then he bought tickets for the whole family because we're all going apparently (laughs) he was just like we're going to star wars this day and it was just like okay (laughs) (laughs) so he made us get there and you know at the movie theater near my parents it's all assigned seating because it's like the recliner seats or whatever Mm -hmm. and so he made us get there 45 minutes early (laughs) for no reason because we have assigned seats you know like we could walk in there you know 10 minutes early and call it good you know like we didn't yeah. have to get there like almost an hour early but we did and so we're standing in line with our pot so we go in there and <laughs> the he's like what line do we need to get into because there's one on one side and one on the other you know mm-hmm. and the guy's like oh this line over here and so he's like okay and so we like get in the line and he's like speed walking everywhere but he doesn't do anything quickly but he's like speed walking you know he's like let's go get in line and it's like not a race we've got a designed seat you know like what are we doing (laughs) and so oh man we get in line he's there for all of about two minutes before he's like I need to make sure this is the right line and we're like it doesn't matter like they're just gonna tell us to go right or left depending on you know like Mm -hmm. whatever it's fine you know and so he like speed walks up there and it's like very animated talking about like what you know you can say like because we were pretty far back in the line because apparently there's a bunch of other people that needed to get their way early too yeah and he's like you know using hand gestures and everything talking to the lady and she's just like she's all of like maybe five five and just looks terrified (laughs) (laughs) that he's like 
at her, you know, and he's not small, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so apparently it was the wrong line. So he comes speed walking by us. And as he's walking by us, doesn't even stop. He's like, we're in the wrong line, you know, like <laughs> as he's going by and we're just like, okay. And then he like speed walks to the other line and gets in line. He's like, come on, come on, come on. And it's like, you have this spot in line. It's not like whatever, you know? And so we like meander our way over there and we were standing there for quite a long time. So we ate an entire bucket of popcorn because I mean, there's four of us. Right. So we eat a yeah. whole bucket of popcorn before we even get in <laughs> to the theater, you know, and it's like, oh man. Okay. And so, you know, we go and we get into the movie, we watch the movie, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're watching everything beforehand and everything after, you know, like oh, yeah. we had to watch all of the credits run, you know, because mm-hmm. he's like, well, you have to make sure there's nothing at the end. And I'm like, has there ever been anything at any of the end of the Star Wars movies? And he's like, well, no. And I'm like, okay, so there probably isn't going to be. And he's like, I was like, there's not really much point in watching, you know, and he, because everybody else was already like, we were the only ones in there. Yeah. <laughs> like by the end of the credits. And so we're sitting, and my mom's like, just let him watch it. And it's like, <laughs> okay. So we sit there and we go through and we watch all of the credits which of course nothing happens the lights come on in the theater and there's people sitting there waiting for us to leave so they can clean the theater right mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just sitting there staring at the screen oh, no. <laughs> it's like okay and everybody's just sitting there looking at him and I'm like okay I'll be the asshole then like <laughs> um can we leave there's nothing and he's like I guess <laughs> it's just like, oh. what are you planning on doing? Just sitting here and waiting until they kick you out? Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. So, did he like the movie? Like, was he disappointed? He liked the movie because anything having to do with Star Wars, he's going to like. He you does know? like. Okay. And so it was fine, but he was just like, he left that movie theater so slow. <laughs> oh. Like, he like drug his feet leaving. And it was just kind of like, well, like. <laughs> I, I get it. Like you're sad that it's over, but like you could always watch it again or better yet when it's <laughs> out on DVD, you can buy it, you know? Like, yeah. It, it was just funny. He was just like, ah, and like every single Star Wars movie that's come out, he's always been like, I need to watch it right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, ha- I still haven't seen the last one he like went with my brother because my mom was like yeah I'm not into it and I don't know why he didn't like I don't know it was kind of interesting he didn't even he was just like I'm going with your brother it's like okay well would have been I mean not that I really care about Star Wars obviously because I still haven't even seen it but like <laughs> mm-hmm. it'd be nice to just like see them all you know yeah so, but at, at some point I'm sure I'll watch it but it was just kind of funny. He was like so worked up about it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that's a real side note <laughs> for our interesting. <laughs> uh, that's okay. We all learned something about your dad. Oh my gosh. Like shaking like a chihuahua, you know, just like <laughs> ah! about it. And it's like, okay, like so wound up. But <laughs> Um, so the next interesting fact, it says when Bobby says Dick is about to get into the Soylent Green business, he's referencing the 1973 American science fiction thriller Soylent Green. Um, it's a film about a corporation that distributes food rations called Soylent Green to the now overpopulated earth, a food that's revealed to contain human remains. Yay. Yuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it says, 
says, while hacking into Frank's computer, a voice asks, how about a nice game of chess? And a list of games comes on the screen. Uh, the list in the game of chess question is from the movie War Games from 1983. Okay. Um, it says, just before the break-in at Richard Roman Enterprises, um, Sam asks Charlie what she's going to do. She replies, she's going to kick it in the ass. Um, this phrasing is a nod to Supernatural producer, director Kim Manners, who died in 2009. Yeah, that was like, uh, sorry, Eric just came in and gave me a hot dog, so I kind of missed what you just said, but that was one of his like catchphrases, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you just say that? Yeah. Okay. Well, not catchphrases, <laughs> but it's, it's just, an, it says it's a nod to uh, Kim Manners. Okay. So, um, so it says, when Charlie incorrectly guesses the password for Frank's hard drive, it says nice try zero charisma um, and it flashes on the screen. Uh, that's probably an allusion to Dungeons and Dragons where charisma is a character property in the game. Um, it also could be a reference to E.T., the extraterrestrial from 1982, where Elliot trades Barb with his brother's friend by calling him zero charisma. Oh, OK. I've never seen E.T. You, you would not be able to handle E.T. That's why I've never seen E.T. <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know to me like yeah some of it's kind of sad but also like if you know what happens like i don't know i feel like you might be able to watch it if you knew what was going to happen like that's possible i don't think he's not really dead he's just in like a weird hibernation state you know everybody's like et died and it's like no he's still alive you know Mm -hmm. um but like that's probably one of the yeah I don't aside from granted I don't really remember a whole lot from ET but aside from that I think you'd probably be fine with it but I don't know like as long as you know like hey that's not real like they all think he's dead but he's not you know yeah (laughs) yeah I don't think I'm gonna watch it that's fine (laughs) I've seen it like once maybe i've seen it partially through another time and it's just like yeah okay like it's a decent movie but mm-hmm. i don't know it doesn't it doesn't do much for me yeah but um uh this says charlie says to pete is this real life and she's quoting queen's bohemian rhapsody mm-hmm. which okay again kind of like one of the ones in another episode where it's like okay like this could be a quote that means this but also it could just be is this real life you know like is it like don't they say in the song is this the real life not is this real life yeah okay yeah is this the real life is this just yeah yeah yeah. i think it's the real life so yeah, I think I that's because so. IMBD is just like Wikipedia. So people can like add what they want to on there. So yeah. I think some of the fun facts that we get sometimes are not exactly accurate because it's just people going, oh yeah, that's totally from this. And it's like, yeah, you have no idea though. Like, yeah. <laughs> so eh, whatever. Um, so it says this episode originally aired in April of 2012 um, when Dick Roman says to Pete, Bruce Bruce Springsteen, Eli Manning, our own Charlie, you know what they are? Irreplaceable. You're more of a Tim Tebow, Joe Biden type. You got no spark in you. In fact, there's nothing in you except Daryl's dinner. (laughs) Um, He's referring to Eli Manning, quarterback of the New York Giants, uh, defeating the New England Patriots in the NFL Super Bowl um, uh, earlier in February of 2012 for the second time. And Peyton Manning, um, 
who's Eli Manning's older brother, replacing Tim Tebow as quarterback of the Denver Broncos for the 2012 NFL season. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. Sports. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says Donald Trump and Bo- Joe Biden are both mentioned in this episode. Um, Biden verbally and Trump in one of the emails that Charlie is reading. Mm-hmm. Um, it says all three main characters in this episode have a Texas connection. Um, Jensen Ackles was born in Dallas. Jared Padalecki was born in San Antonio um, and planned to attend the University of Texas in Austin before pursuing acting. And Felicia Day was born in Alabama, but attended the, attended the University of Texas. Oh, cool. Um, it's the 15th episode did not feature the Impala, the 14th episode in a row, except for a flashback from Repo Man. Okay. How tired of, are you of saying that interesting oh, fact? <laughs> like, we get it. Baby's not there. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it's she's still not there (laughs) um it says at the end um her uh, it's revealed that charlie's name is not in fact charlie bradbury um her false name is a reference to ray bradbury a sci-fi author Mm -hmm. um and it says as charlie is entering dick roman's office she says the eagle is landing um, she's paraphrasing Neil Armstrong from the Apollo 11 safe landing on the moon in 1969. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. Steve is like eyeballing my <laughs> headphone cords and keeps trying to grab them. So I'm like having to kind of hold them up. So that way he oh, I was wondering what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> he's just being a little pill, um, mm-hmm. you know, because he's a cat and that's what cats do. And then so. On this also, it says the zero charisma reference is from the movie Hackers um, from 1995. So there's a couple of different. <laughs> different opinions there. Different opinions on that. But yeah, that's a great movie, by the way. Haven't seen it. Go it's figure. very <laughs> old and very good. And it's yeah. got Matthew Lillard in it. Oh, hey. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of kids who hack the planet (laughs) it's pretty funny seems like a big job (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's pretty good um so our research from this week is off of insidethemagic.net um and so since there is you know so our tie-in from this is because charlie has her little hermione character who that's like her muse or whatever we had Mm -hmm. to go with something harry potter because I mean, as far as I know, I don't think Harry Potter's really mentioned much. Like, I don't think so. Here and there, there's probably a couple little, like, you know, tie-ins, but not really. So we're going with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is, so it says, stay in the real-life haunted house from Harry Potter. Um, it says, did you know that you can visit real-world locations that inspired your favorite movies and theme parks? And even locations where your favorite movies are actually filmed. Just in time for Halloween, we're sharing the darker side of Harry Potter, a real-life haunted house that you may know as Godric's Hollow from Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Uh, The 14th century DeVere house in Lavenham, Suffolk, England. I think I said uh, Lavenham, I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, know. Is the actual real-life location of the Godric's Hollow house. Um, Fans of Harry Potter films will remember Godric's Hollow as the place where Lord Voldemort's snake, Nagini, um, ambushed Harry after he visited his parents' graves at his family home on Christmas Eve. 
And it says, now Harry Potter fans can stay in this house as long as they're okay with it being haunted. <laughs> um, indeed, the Devere house in real life is just as eerie as it seemed in the Harry Potter films. The house reportedly has quite a gruesome history that dates back centuries, and it was actually the house's real-life history that provided inspiration for the house where Harry was born and his parents were murdered. Staying in a house like this isn't for the faint of heart, but if you're a massive Harry Potter fan or you love haunted places and scary stories, this might be the perfect de vacation destination for you. It says, currently the residents of the house, Jane and Tony Ranzetta, um, are listing one room in the house as available for rent on Airbnb. Uh, the Ranzettas have lived in the home for over 20 years and claim they've witnessed paranormal happenings in the home and on the grounds. Uh, Tony also claims that J.K. Rowling created the Gryffindor house ghost nearly headless Nick through inspiration by one of the property's resident ghosts, Sir Francis Devere. Uh, Nick's outfit in the Harry Potter films apparently bears a striking resemblance to the costume that Francis is seen wearing in his portrait. Hmm. Um, Tony Ranzetta explained how the DeVere house became an inspiration for the Harry Potter films. Uh, it says JK Rowling was well acquainted with the village and we know her friend stayed here uh, whilst she was in the process of writing the books. It was, it was surely in her mind when she created Godric's Hollow. The house is often referred to as the Harry Potter house by locals and in the media and the huge, and a huge picture of our front door can be seen at the Warner brothers um, exhibition on the making of Harry Potter. The whole story is quite the whole story is quite peculiar. Why can't I do it? <laughs> ah! <laughs> quite peculiar, really. No oh boy. Um, just after we first moved into the house, Jane saw a uniquely dressed man walk through the kitchen wall and into the garden beyond. She was obviously taken aback, but understands that a house with this much history must surely hold echoes of the past. Um, this Harry Potter house has even retained some of its period features. Um, those who come to visit and stay overnight will see um, things including a huge timber frame, fireplaces, wall paintings, and a rare stone spiral staircase with a, with a carved brick handrail. And of course, there's the possibility that you might catch a glimpse of something paranormal while you're there. Um, and then they have a link um, for booking it. So if you want to go and stay at said place, go to insidethemagic.net and the title of the article is Stay in the Real Life Haunted House from Harry Potter. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, like I it's been so long since I've read the Harry Potter books too. Like I've seen the movies more recently, but mm -hmm. I, I feel like I need to reread them again and rewatch the movies. Because like here. I kind of remember that. But not yeah, well. yeah, same here. I um, I really want to read them to Killian, but I don't know if he's old enough for it. He's I probably old enough Harry for the Potter first. Kind of creeping me out a little. Yeah, yeah, it's creepy. So, like Parts the first it, yeah. book is probably okay for a six-year-old. I don't know. Yeah, the first one is when. Oh, the first one is when Voldemort has uh, on Professor Professor. <laughs> <laughs> professor quirrell yes thank you <laughs> he's got his face on the back of his head or whatever yeah. i remember that freaking me out i have a little like one of those itty bitties from hallmark of that of quirrell with a little turban on his head uh -huh. and, and with a voldemort face on the back <laughs> but it was so cute so. <laughs> oh i mean now it's not creepy but like yeah. when i first read it which was probably Oh, I don't know when I first read them. 
but it was creepy when I first read it. <laughs> yeah. And not like a keep me up for days sort of thing, but still it wasn't, it wasn't great. <laughs> mm-hmm. I first read them when I was like 18 and I started working at Borders and I can't remember how many of the books were out by then, three or four. Um, and I, one of my coworkers was like, listen, like you need to read these. So I'm just going to give you all of them, all that were out so far, you know, and I was like, I was like, okay, I'll do it. So like, I got really drunk to read the first one. Cause I wasn't, because I didn't read kids books. You know what I mean? Like I read like Stephen King and like, you know, scary things. Mm Mm-hmm. And so this was just like, like, oh, I guess I'll do this, you know, for you, yeah. for my coworker. And... <laughs> like, oh, why? <laughs> yeah. So I got drunk and read the first one and just loved it. Yeah. And the first movie had just come out. And so I dragged my parents to the movie theater mm-hmm. to watch it. And they hadn't read the book at all, but they, they loved the movie too. So, yeah. Um, and then, um, and then I worked at Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. <laughs> You're adding R's in there like I am. I don't know. <laughs> Barnes and Noble. Um, as the other books came out, and it was really cool to do the midnight parties and stuff like that. So yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to uh build my collection because I have mm-hmm. the fifth Harry Potter book for some reason. So here's the here's the thing is that between my brother and I and just the family in general, everybody wanted to read the Harry Potter books, right? So we would like take turns. We'd buy one of the books and it's like, okay, this person got to read it first last time. So this person gets to read it first this time, you Mm -hmm. know? And like, we would go through and the whole family would read the next book or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I think at some point between like my brother and I and my parents, we all ended up getting, you know, like, I think my brother and I ended up getting like a book or two maybe for like a birthday present or something. And then they're like, okay, you know, so I think a couple of them were technically mine. I don't remember how I ended up with just the fifth one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but so, and I went to Powell's not that long ago cause I went um, to Portland and uh, I got the, oh, what is it? The very, the end, the play script, uh, what's it called? Um, Oh, the cursed child. I, I think so. Where it's like so. the um, manuscript for the play or whatever. So I got parts yeah. of two um, that were condensed into one, which was lovely <laughs> um, awesome. when I went there. But I haven't. I like need to build the rest of my collection because I have like the very end and then five. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. So. Um, but that's kind of one of those. It's like, okay, Amazon wish list for my family, like mm-hmm. <laughs> or her birthday or Christmas or whatever. Like, here's all these books that I need the rest of the collection to, or you know, whatever. So yeah, um, I drag my cousin to most of those movies and yeah. uh, to the midnight showings of those movies. Yeah, and um, they were always up um up by where she lived, mm-hmm. and so I had a lot of driving to do at night, but. Um, <laughs> And she just felt kind of meh about those movies, having never read the books, you know? Yeah. But she always made me go to the stupid Twilight movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I was not interested in. I did both. Here's the thing. Like, I read the Twilight books, like, mm-hmm. back in, like, middle school when they were, like, 
you know, a big deal, you know? And like, so I read them kind of before the movies came out. And like, I was one of those people that was very into Twilight. However, (laughs) that being said, I was not impressed with most of the movies. (laughs) Oh, really? Because <laughs> they were awful. You know, like the first one was so bad. Awful. And there wasn't even like, I mean, the, the effects were horrible. Like you could tell they didn't have a very good budget. They like cut out some more important things from the book and then replaced them with like totally random other things. You know, it was like, it's not even that you're just like not showing everything in the book. It's that you're adding things that didn't exist to begin with, you know? Yeah, that's what so is weird. It, you know? And so like, as they went on, they got better, but you know, so like I own all the books except for one, I let somebody borrow it and haven't seen them since. So yeah, (laughs) that's fun. But, um, yeah, so I have all the books and, you know, the movies and multiples of the first movie because like two to three different people got it for me. And so I have like, (laughs) three different versions of the same thing. It's like, okay, so like, what do I get rid of? This is the nicer version of this, but this one's got four discs and this one's got three and this one has this, but it's all, you know, and so it's kind of like, they're all a little bit different. So it's like, yeah, keep the one with the most special features. Yeah. But it doesn't match the rest of the set though, as far as like the actual container goes. (laughs) I don't think it matters. The one that, oh I'm weird about it. It matters. So like the <laughs> one that actually matches isn't the one that has the most features in it. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, ah, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. I don't like any of it, <laughs> but yeah. Mm. So anyway, that's <laughs> off on a tangent we go. <laughs> yes. Um, what was your idiot or asset moment from this week? Okay. Well, we just got back from vacation. And we went to, uh, we went to Denver for my aunt's celebration of life, which was lovely. And we went to Rhode Island because that's where Eric's from. Mm -hmm. And we just wanted to visit the whole fan and all this. So, um, in Denver, the whole time we were there was in the nineties, upper Mm -hmm. nineties. So like, you know, make you want to die upper (laughs) nineties, um, and then in Rhode Island, the weather forecast was supposed to be in like the lower nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, and with like, you know, high, high humidity. So I was like, okay, so I basically just need to pack tank tops and shorts. You know, yeah. like, I don't need to bring jeans, you know, I don't need to bring like tennis shoes or jackets uh, for anybody. Right. Because I do all the packing, you know, usually. Mm -hmm. So we get to, um, Rhode Island and it's like thunderstorming. Oh no. (laughs) Every freaking day, just like rain. And it's like, it's like in the seventies, you know, but yeah. it's, it's raining. You still don't really want to wear shorts in the rain, you know, cause we're mm-hmm. going out and doing stuff. So I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So of course we had to go shopping. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <As> you. <laughs> I, uh, I told Eric's mom, I was like, we have to go shopping because <laughs> I don't have clothes for this. And I'm not going to let Killian run around outside in shorts and the rain and you know, yeah. So we went shopping. 
Which hey, is, I mean, you know, whatever. I love shopping. So <laughs> I was totally like, about it. I should not pack right every time. <laughs> I know. I was like, this could be a thing. <laughs> so. Like, so I need to go shopping in this new state because why not? Yeah. Yep. So the weather forecast was, in fact, an asphalt. <laughs> what was your Ijitter asphalt moment? So mine from this or from this episode is <laughs> embarrassing. Oh, good. I, I was a big old idiot, and there was a moth that was a big old ass butt. <laughs> <laughs> so what had happened was I went in to our bathroom, right? And our bathroom's kind of weird since our house is like older-ish. I mean, it's not like old, but it's 30 years old, right? And so <laughs> there's some like weird you know, cabinetry and different, like we've got like a bookshelf that's like built into the wall, you know, like our master Mm -hmm. bedroom is kind of interesting. So you walk into a door and there's a hallway, right? At the end of the hallway is the, uh, which, um, at the end of the hallway, there's our bedroom and then we've got our bathroom and then the closet, right? Which all of, well, the bedroom doesn't have a door, but for the bathroom and the closet, they both have doors, but then the hallway has a door. So you could like close the door and like section off that whole portion yeah of the house which is kind of nice you know like if you've got people over or whatever and you want to like go take a shower and like walk over and get clothes without having to like you know get dressed in the bathroom or whatever you know that sort of stuff um but in the bathroom we've also got a linen closet right so when you walk into the door in the bathroom it opens up and then right behind that is the linen closet door. So we keep our like bathrobes and towels and everything right there because it's like right across from the shower. So that way we, you know, everything's just hanging right there. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when you open up the bathroom door and you open it all the way, it kind of starts to shut again a little bit because of, you know, the linens behind it. Mm -hmm. So I walk into the bathroom door, open it up all the way not thinking like, I'm like, just for some reason thinking that it's going to stay open. There's Mm -hmm. a moth, right? So me and my genius mind, I go, okay, I'm going to hairspray this sucker. So then that way it can't fly off and I can smack it. Right. Cause that's Mm -hmm. what I do for spiders. Well, not thinking going, Hey, like they don't need to bend their wings to fly. (laughs) Right. It didn't do anything other than send it flying straight towards my face. I freaked out and turned to run. (laughs) away from the moth and went straight into the door like and not like the broad side of the door like the skinny side of the door because it was open and I ran into it forehead first (laughs) and it was kind of like a whole like cartoon moment where you see people like run into the door like that and both their arms and their legs go around you know like (laughs) they kind of just like wrap around the door you know like yeah that's pretty much what happened and I had a big old egg on my head for like three days <laughs> oh no because I got so worked up about the moth and like tried to run from it because it was flying right at me I mean like as you do you run from those things yeah and like my face was bleeding <laughs> I had an egg on my head it was the whole thing so I went you know <laughs> and I had work for a couple days after that and I was just like, please, nobody ask about my, you know, <laughs> my head, you know, like my head injury. <laughs> I know. It's like, what happened to you? Well, so there is a moth, you know, <laughs> like, 
Uh, a little bit embarrassing. So I was a bit of an idiot for that. But that moth was also an ass butt for flying straight at me. He could have flown anywhere else and he went straight for me. So did you ever get it? Huh? Did you ever get it? Okay, so I couldn't find it when we came back in. And uh-huh. but then last night I went over and it was over kind of by the toilet. And I was like, Travis, get it, you know. And he's like, No, no, <laughs> you need revenge. And I was like, I don't need revenge, get it, you know. <laughs> he wouldn't get it though. He made me kill it because he's like, Hey, listen, oh that thing physically injured you. You should be the one to kill it. And I'm like, I don't want to kill it. And then I did and screamed about it as I was killing it, of course. So the neighbors probably thought I was nuts, but you know. So how did you feel about killing it? Were you like pissed that he wouldn't do it? I was, I was mad that he wouldn't do it, but also like, I was just glad that it was dead. You know, like it wasn't a revenge yeah. thing for me. I just wanted it gone. I didn't care who killed it. <laughs> yeah. Totally. But he made me kill it and I was not thrilled with that, but at least it was dead. So yeah. Anyway, but I, well, used good job it, killing so. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, good job. I'm yeah. proud of you for killing it. I, I didn't like it, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at podcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural <laughs> podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspects moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.